Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril, and get ready for the show. Just a word of warning, spoilers ahead. What's up, guys? And we are back for the third episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the first two. We definitely did. And once again, I'm joined by two of my best friends, Raf and Ollie. How about you guys say hello? Yeah, hello, hello, hello. Hello. Oh, I really do not feel good about that. Hello. Do it again. Try again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can keep this in, Gabriel, but, um, but <laughs> yeah. Um, hello. Much yeah, better. That's okay. That was solid. Sweet. That was a solid hello. Solid hello. <laughs> you know, it's still a learning process for all of us. I, I'm yet to find my radio hello. <laughs> Well, we're here today for our last movie in our single location theme. And um, yeah, I, I believe one of you guys have a movie for me to watch. Yes, this is very exciting. And for the last film, this one um, came out in 2010. It was directed by Rodrigo Cortez, and it stars Ryan Reynolds, and it's called buried is is this is this another scary movie it's 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 i mean it's scary because it's in the confines of a coffin yeah it's it's a terrifying premise but it's not a scary movie per se interesting right so ryan reynolds is a u.s truck driver who drives around iraq and uh in the middle of the war and is caught and buried alive uh, by insurgents. And he has to race against time with only the use of a cell phone, I believe, um, as he's buried alive in a coffin. Uh, I think it's a, it's a cell phone and a lighter. There are a couple of other tools, if I'm not mistaken. But basically, Gabriel, the whole premise is that the entire movie is set within the confines of a coffin. And it's following this character as he's trying to find out why he's been put there and how he's going to get out. And so this is like a one and a half hour movie mm. set entirely in, you know, um, uh, maybe like an eight by two feet box. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I, I love Ryan Reynolds. So it'll be interesting to see him in a movie where he's not Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a very different film if he was like, Deadpool I'm just in it. Used to him being the funny guy in movies. And you well, you might find that he does you might find that he brings a little bit of his own, you know, background in comedy to this role, but it's it's a very serious film, make no mistake. And it is probably the most extreme example of a single location film that we could possibly think of. I mean, I don't yeah. know of a more confined setting for an entire <laughs> film than a coffin. Yeah, we yeah, went from we've zoned in. <laughs> yeah, we have went from a green room to an apartment to a coffin. We've done well. The next film is going to take place inside a inside a jar, <laughs> <laughs> and it's called Bugs uh, Life. <laughs> yeah. uh, love it. Well, Jabril, enjoy the film, and I can't wait to discuss it further with you. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting. Ryan Reynolds mm. buried. Okay, well, I guess I'm just going to go away, watch this movie, and uh, listeners, just hold tight for, for a little bit, and we'll be back with our comments. Yo, what's up, guys? And we are back. I just watched the movie, Buried, and um, I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. Let me see. I don't know where to start with mm. what I think. Well, what, do you, what do you guys think? Um, I, th- I watched it 
back when it came out, I believe it came out in 2010, and I was thoroughly impressed by, I mean, technically how it was filmed, and and not only was it technically, you know, an achievement, but it was also like a, it was a cool premise, a cool story. But as I rewatched it again, I found myself looking at those plot holes that occur throughout the film. Um, and I think maybe Jabril, you'll agree with me with some of these potholes. But there are just a few things that I would have considered about the um, the realistic nature of this film and how like how it would go about, um, you know, for a man being buried for what an hour and a half. There were just some points where I'm like, would that actually happen? Would this actually happen? Is that even realistic to consider? So there are a few things, but um, Ollie, what 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 are you, were your first um, impressions on this? Yeah, I, I'm getting the sense that I may be the most um, I may be the most positive out of the three of us on this movie. So I, I also saw it when it came out. I saw it in cinemas, and I remember just being on the edge of my seat throughout, and really impressed with how they managed to sustain the tension mm. and to uh, continually one up itself or create new challenges in such a literally such a limited space. And I found it really effective. And then I think it kind of receded from my memory after that. And I didn't really, I never found myself thinking too much about the film as the years went by. And so when we, you know, agreed to do this single location series and we suggested doing Buried, that was literally the first time I thought about it in years. And going back to rewatch it, I had this, this suspicion that it wouldn't be nearly as impactful the second time I watched it. But I found myself pretty engrossed. Um, throughout and you know sucked into the plight of this character and actually genuinely surprised at moments um, and so yeah I think it's 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 quite an achievement on a technical level uh, the performance of the center is really strong from Ryan Reynolds and you know I'm not saying it's a masterpiece by any means but I think that it still has limitations in terms of what it can it can achieve but I think that it manages to find some nice little moments of satire in it. Like, I think a lot of it is, um, a, a, a lot. you come away, and I think a lot of the film is is pre- creating a little bit of a, uh, a commentary on, on the nature of bureaucracy. Um, and maybe we can go into that a little bit later, but um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'd say, and yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of a kind. I'll I'll I'll, um, I'll be on board with you on that one. It's 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 a special kind of film which has to be commended and respected in that regard. Not many films actually try to um, well to be this different, and it really took on a challenge that was unprecedented. I mean, to film in a coffin. And not and and to put not only then Ryan Reynolds in a confined space of what eight by two or whatever the coffin size is. So obviously, it's a bit bigger um, for cinematic purposes, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's one of a kind. And um, yeah, and Jabriel, um, would you want to go into plot holes with me since we're the ones that have you know seem to have seen a few plot holes here and there. Um, and maybe you can start us off with one of the things that you thought, uh, can that really work? Yeah, so um, Raph and I had like a little discussion about this and we were talking about a few of the plot holes. So for me, um, being half Arab, one of the first things that really kind of bothered, well, it didn't bother me, but I was just like, come on, you guys could have done a little bit more research here. Um, mm-hmm. When he was like, yeah, I could hear the mosques. I'm near a mosque. There are mosques everywhere, like in a single 
square kilometer, you know, you can find loads of mosques. You'll find one pretty like every other block, you know, you can find them mm. everywhere. So it's very hard to pinpoint something like that by saying, oh, um, you can hear me. I'm by a mosque. That was one thing. But in the end, yeah. I mean, just as a counter, as a, just as playing devil's devil's advocate here. I think that's a really good point to pick up on. You're right. It's not exactly going to uh, narrow down where he could possibly be by saying there's a mosque. But I imagine, I don't know a lot about the geography of Iraq, but I imagine that a lot of it is open wide spaces that aren't, you know, that, that don't have, aren't, you know, haven't been uh, developed perhaps, or where there are lots of, um, there's lots of residences. So if that could like, you know, help the people who are trying to find him figure out whether or not he's buried in the middle of a desert or near a town or within a town uh, or a village mm -hmm. that might be able to right. help somewhat. Right. Yeah, that, that is true. That is true. Like, yeah, you, you can go that down that ro uh, route, but um, I just feel like throughout the, even throughout the movie at one point he's in the middle, of, like he thinks that he's in the middle of the desert. And then at other points I felt the use of that, like saying, there's a mosque nearby was just an easy way for them to get the story going. And that's what I felt throughout the entire movie. You know, a lot of the, let's say twists or yeah, just the twists. revelations. Yeah. And revelations. Mm. Um, I found that a few of them was just to get the story going and didn't really have that much <clears throat> substance to it. If you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. mm. And I feel um, that Ollie, which please do interject whenever we have a plot hole and 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 argue the fact, because then we can turn we can turn this into a debate, which is kind of what I want with this film. Um, the uh, to, to to carry on with the plot holes, um, the only two really major ones that I found was uh, the first one was with the snake. Yeah, uh, how he decided to pour liquor on the snake and then light it on fire as he's in a coffin with it. I was like, is that the smartest move? You have military grade A boots that you could just easily he, he just crush he that snake. He didn't light the snake on fire. He he lit it. He lit. No, I'm not saying this is any more realistic. But he lit a wall of fire <laughs> to separate to stop the snake <laughs> to, to separate him from and the snake, <laughs> and then the snake was like right. i ain't going anywhere near that peace and then you see the snake just leaving through yeah. the, a, a gap in the um i don't know if it's real the snake would just like <laughs> you know be able to swim through the dirt and enter the coffin that <laughs> yeah logically logically it doesn't make no, sense no, so. i agree yeah like well not even the snake part for me the biggest thing was the amount of fire used in the film you know like um mm. while while i was watching this movie i was like i have to check this out and i googled how long you can survive and if you were buried alive in a coffin and if mm. it was considered just like an average coffin which i think is like eight by two feet or something like that um you some people say you can die within 10 minutes and some people say you can live up to six hours on average but that all depends on how calm you are, how much oxygen there is, how deep you are, and a bunch of different factors. So from the get-go, I was already like skeptical with this movie. And Ryan, Ryan Reynolds wasn't really calm. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't calm. They try to pass that off by saying, oh, uh, he's like, I have anxiety, I have anxiety, I can't keep calm. I felt like that was just another easy way to just explain something and to get the story going. And I feel like the lighter thing was just to get shots, like just a way of getting lighting for the mm. movie. 
I, that, I, that, that was like my, like, that's what I thought was the sole purpose of having him have the lighter. Well, I, I think, um, mm. I think with regards to the oxygen levels in the room, I think in the, in the coffin, I do think they were quite hand wavy or dismissive about that because he frequently says, I can't breathe in here. And they tell him you need to conserve your oxygen, but it's never really a problem. You never get the sense that he's finding yeah. it harder to breathe at any point or, and it, and ultimately it's not what, um, kills him in the end it's it's that he's you know is that he's ultimately literally buried alive under the weight of the sand but um uh i do see your point there and i think with regards to the lighter yeah i mean look i i think with regards to like plot holes in general i think it's good to pick up on them but the thing is is that you're more inclined to pick up on um or be bothered by plot holes if the movie in some way or another is not connecting with you or or effective enough because if it if a film's good enough, it's if it's engaging you enough, then also then usually you'll be willing to overlook and forgive um, leaps in logic, and you'll be able to suspend your disbelief. But if it's not engaging you in all the ways that it should be, you're more liable to pick up on it and allow it to kind of distract you from the experience of watching the film. And so I think like if I'm not saying this film doesn't have plot holes, I'm sure if we held it up and up to you know scrutiny. I'd, we'd, I'd eventually see that it was laden with plot holes, but because I enjoyed it, I think a little bit more than you guys did, it, they just didn't bother me ultimately. Mm -hmm. Well, see, I was going to say that in the initial stages of the film, I was kind of irked by a few of these things. I was like, oh, that, that can never happen. Oh, fuck that shit. But um, after a while, like after I got all of, like over that, I, I enjoyed the movie. I think Ryan Rolls' performance was really good mm. for what they gave him. I feel like if I put myself in a position where I have to act and act as if I'm in such a confined space, uh, like just getting that across is um, is amazing. And I thought he mm. did it really well. And he did it with his kind of style. You know, like Ollie was mentioning the satire in the film. And I think he was the perfect person to do it, you know. And I, mm. and I really enjoyed his performance. Another thing that I really enjoyed was how they captured being frustrated by an answering machine. Like I <laughs> felt like that and I wasn't in a coffin, yeah. you know, yeah. like yeah. just, just listen to me, like get, get me someone that can help me. And yeah. it was amplified so much in this movie. And yeah, I thought, I thought those were really great. And I only started to notice those things after I got over my initial, like, Oh, he can't breathe. It, it, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. yeah. No, it, it definitely turned into, um, at least in my point of view, turned into a little bit of a commentary on customer service. Uh -huh. from, yeah. You know, yeah. from one from one call to the next, it was very much uh, the 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 frustrations that you um, that we all get through customer service relations that we have uh, when we call. You know any any like our phone services or whatever um and and to to exaggerate that and and to 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 put it to an extreme effect of like yeah being buried in a coffin and having to tell your information to someone who's like yeah in in idaho wherever they were when he first called 911 um you would i think you would react the way he reacted i think his reactions were they were genuine and they were they were realistic and they 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 steeped in realism um so that I have no woes uh, towards the performance that was at hand. Um, there were just, yeah, a few. I think what it was is is the rewatch. Maybe it, it doesn't hold such a rewatchability 
uh, in my eyes. Yes, the first time I'm enthralled, I'm engrossed, I'm, I'm totally immersed in, in, in what this uh, feature is able to do. And I think the second time uh, I, I reviewed it, it was more of a yeah critical eye, um, which essentially is for me when I rewatch films, anyways. But it's in particular, in particular, this one that like tries to be that tries to put extreme circumstances and make it realistic. You kind of have to have a critical eye a little bit. Yeah. So I was I was thinking um, since we've watched our three movies now. Uh, we've watched Green Room, we've watched Rear Window, and now we've watched Buried. Um, how does this all fall into the whole uh, single location kind of thing? And who do you think really portrayed the single location in a way that was amazing and out of the box? Because mm. I feel like all three did it very well, but they all did it in three complete different ways. Oh, and, and I'd like to spit a fact here with Buried um, uh, to tie it in with Alfred Hitchcock. Um, it's uh, Rodrigo Cortez, the, the director of this film, was very inspired by uh, mm. Hitchcock's limited series, uh, including, uh, what, what was it, uh, Rope? I think Rope's um, a movie, though, is, or is it, is it a limited series? Uh, well, I, not limited series, sorry, but it, it was one of uh, Hitchcock's, um, uh, it was his series on limited locations. Uh, so Rope was one of them, uh, Lifeboat was one of them, and uh, Rear Window was one of yeah, them, right? Yeah. He did like a series on, on limited location films. Um, and the director, Rodrigo Cortez, was he- heavily inspired by um, one, of, uh, one of his films, uh, Rope. So it kind of ties in with, with what we watched uh, from Alfred Hitchcock as well. But personally, for me, uh, the one that most uh, exemplified this theme is Rear Window. Uh, and, and with the current times that we are living in with the whole COVID thing, I think Rear Window really um, held a kind of held the throne for, for that theme. Um, yeah, I would have to say that I agree with Raf that um, as a film that both just succeeds on its own rights as a movie, but also um, stands out as a wonderful example of what you can do with a single location in a film and use it in a way where it's not just there to heighten tension, but also allows you to kind of develop your themes in a more interesting way. I think you have to go with Rear Window. I mean, Rear Window is the bona fide classic Mm. out of these three films that we have chosen. And I think that's for a good reason. Yeah. You know what? Like I rated... I believe Green Room a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten. I think. I think it was mm, a nine. Out it of was 10. high up there. Yeah. It was high up. It was. There. Uh, and yeah. I rated um, Rear Window as an eight out of ten. And if we're talking about the question of uh, which one was a better single location movie, I would definitely go with Rear Window. The mm. way that it was captured, it honestly puts you in the position of the the character. You know, like you actually you you connect with the character a lot mm-hmm. but i still mm. loved green room so much i really loved that movie i enjoyed it so much. <laughs> yeah i mean i can yeah. understand but it looks like hitchcock wits again yeah i, I can yeah. see why jabriel you know maybe you might agree that uh rear window is perhaps the best example of what you can do with a single location but for you per- on a more personal level green room just provided the fullest experience yeah mm. yeah but honestly uh barry definitely captured the whole single location thing in a very, very um, 
how do I say it, extreme way. Well, it's definitely, the mo- mm. as we, we mentioned at the top of this episode, it's definitely the most extreme example of a single location. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know how you could get any more contained than this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Unless a story about a man in the box, but um, that's essentially what Barry did. Yeah, is. absolutely. And, and I mean, before we, you know, move on, I'd like to, you know, return to discussing the technical aspects of this film a little bit more. I mean, it really, you know, um, say what you will about uh, the effectiveness of the plot or how realistic it is there, what the director manages to do in terms of you finding new ways to film this location or to film Ryan Gosling in this small mm. space. Reynolds. It's Reynolds. impressive. And uh, what did, oh, Ryan Gosling, there I go. <laughs> uh, the, 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 to, to film the actor in this coffin is incredible. And I have to imagine that they had, you know, a bunch of different coffins built for this where with each one, they would have various walls taken down so that they could, um, you know, film it from different angles or move the camera in a specific way. But I have to say, the one shot I saw in this movie where I was literally gobsmacked and I, I, you know, I was thinking to myself, how did they pull that off? Was I think there's a shot where the camera's sort of, you know, horizontal and shooting uh, Ryan Reynolds from below his chin. And then it sort of just goes, mm-hmm. um, it sort of does like a 180 and tracks the, um, the ceiling of the coffin until until mm. it's um, gone the other way around and is facing his shoes. And you see how big these cameras are, how, you know, how yeah. would they have managed? It's not like they could have done that shot by just fitting in a camera into the box with um, Ryan Reynolds. They, and there must have been some CGI wizardry going on there. But it was really, really cool. I think, um, and, I, I, and I've fact-checked this, but I, I, I believe they built seven different coffins for this film. Uh, to accommodate uh, the uh, the different shots, uh, so this particular shot that you are describing could be um, thanks to one particularly built coffin, uh, which I think they're all particularly built to accommodate um, these kind of artistically woven shots, and and also to um, to emphasize uh, the performance uh, as well as a technical aspect, because technically as an actor to confine yourself. And I think it was shot over 16 days. So it's 16 days in a coffin that would do your head in a little bit. And Ryan Reynolds actually <laughs> suffered from claustrophobia and it became that. one of his major phobias. Really? What, he developed and, like a um, proper fear of claustrophobia after shooting this movie? Exactly, yeah. According to, to, to what he uh, has stated like in, in various uh, uh, interviews, he said that it was... It was the most unique experience that he'll never want to do again. I, I can. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 definitely um, in terms of t- uh, te- technicalities, uh, in terms of performance, and the terms of the way it was shot, and how you even conceive a premise like this, and like you know deliver it to producers and be like, I can, you know, we can do this. We can pull this off. And I think this script was part of the black, like 2000 and something blacklist. Um, here, let me, I, I wrote it down somewhere. But if someone wants to intervene while I, while I <laughs> fact check this. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. The screenplay uh, was a 2009 blacklist, and it was the most liked unmade scripts of the year. Which, to come to think of it, as an actor or um, as a producer or as a director, yeah, reading a script like this and to, to, to envision how the hell are we going to make this, um, that's also takes a certain, you know, 
uh, credibility and, and reward for, for, you know, making yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely swinging for the fences. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was def- like, that's the thing with this movie is that there were, I was on the fence about everything, but I still enjoyed it. And I still finished it and went through with it. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I really liked it. I don't know if, it'll, if I'll watch it again anytime soon. Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering what the second experience would be like because both of you have said you're your second definitely time a lot more critical. It, yeah, you got a lot more critical, yeah. and it didn't have the same sort of emphasis. Uh, like, sorry, mm. not emphasis. Um, it, it didn't have the same sort of impact that it did the first time around. Yeah, and some films yeah. aren't those films that you revisit, you know, even exactly. once in the future. Sometimes you can see a film and you can appreciate it on many levels, but think to yourself, I probably don't need to see that again in my lifetime. It's not one of those films yeah. that's mm. going to mm. give you something new each time you watch it, or it's not the, yeah. going to provide like co- certain comforts the same way that films that you do like to revisit again and again will. It's certainly not an escapist exactly. movie. I mean, unless you dream yeah. of being buried alive in a coffin, which yeah. you know there are some yeah. there are with, some with, you know people with interesting kinks out there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you never know. But that's that's why I think uh, Rear Window is such a masterpiece because it has this indelible quality to it uh, that makes it rewatchable. Like I could see myself rewatching Rear Window in let's say five years and it being a totally different experience. The fact that these are called ma- masterpieces is because when you rewatch it, it changes you and the film changes through time, and that's that quality that that it makes it immortal. In, in essence, whereas buried, yeah, I had more of a critical eye because a lot has, you know, a lot of time has passed and I had time to digest different films and to see this one as, yeah, in a more critical point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fair enough then. <laughs> shall we, uh, shall we give this one a rating then before wrapping up? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. What do you guys think? Um, okay. So for me, I'm probably going to go with a, Oh, I wish there were decimals. Raph, you got me on the decimals now. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's all about the decimals. So I'd give it a six, but if def- decimals were involved, it would be <laughs> like between a 5.5 and a six. You know, this is a this is a make-believe marking structure. So you are allowed to, <laughs> yeah. you can yeah. give it five, you know, you can give it like five monkey butts out of six if you want, or... Uh, any you can use any well, then, uh matrix you know that what? you'd like <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a 5.6 okay great <laughs> nice i will i think i'll give it seven coffins out of 10 coffins yeah i think i'll give it um i think i'll give it seven illogical snakes out of 10 <laughs> <laughs> implausible snakes rather Actually, i do have one one little question for you guys about this movie just a little exercise um okay so can anyone tell me, after having seen it, what items he had with him in the coffin? Ooh, good, good stuff. Okay. Um, Jabril, why don't you go first, movie newbie? <laughs> okay. I, I'm, this, is, this movie's still really fresh for me. Yeah, so yeah. I'm pretty, sure, the best I'm pretty sure I can get all of so, it. Exactly. So you should get this right. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I can get all of it. Mm. Okay, he had a phone. Mm-hmm. He had um, his lighter the Zippo. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a pencil. Yeah. He had a dagger. Yeah. Then he had two glow sticks. Yes. A uh, piece of trash flashlight. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And he had the note. 
and like that little bag thing and some alcohol in the little um uh what in do you this call flask this? yeah the flask yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, which is dehydrating by the way yeah plot hole yeah but come on if you're in a if you're buried alive you're going straight for that booze (laughs) true i would have a swig i would have a swig (laughs) and yeah and then he uh used that uh flask with all the alcohol in it to take his anxiety meds which he also had Ah, Um, and he had i guess his watch i don't know if you can but that was probably on his person you know when he was yeah yeah. and he had an empty wallet Oh yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. Damn. I think that's pretty much it, apart from the um the hostage note, the the script that you was meant yeah. to read out. Yeah, yeah, and the hostage note. Yeah, you pretty much nailed that. Well done. Uh, no. I don't know. Wow. No, that's yeah. that's it. That's it, yeah. Can we get a fact check on this one? Can we get the did fact check? Did I did I did I mention the knife? The yeah, it was like it was like a pocket yeah. knife or a yeah, little yeah. dagger anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, because I had them yeah, written, I these I written down. Aha, uh-huh. so you were fact checking. Yeah, yeah, I came I came prepared, breath. You know, I like to. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I know I know how you do. I know how you do. Oh, I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the biggest plot hole in this movie is though? Is that oh, it just on. wasn't 90 minutes of a guy going, Oh my god. <laughs> 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 I mean, that would be my that would be my rendition. Yeah, it would be, be how ninety nine percent of people would react to that situation. Yeah, I think so. It, it, that's how Tom Cruise would react in a coffin. because <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not able to sprint. Yeah, yeah, he'd try and like sprint his way out of there. He'd be like running yeah. in place in the coffin. <laughs> Or if this was if, oh, no. if this was Uma Thurman in Kill Bill Volume Two, she would just oh, like she I would mean, just she... like force punch her way up to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. about implausible. Like, in, yeah, a, in, true, a, in an alternate true. universe, it could be like the scene from Seven where where he's just going, "What's in the box? Yeah. What's in the box?" Yeah, except he's like, "I'm in the box." Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Brad Pitt, yeah. yeah, let's go. Get me out of here. Yeah, like who's in the box? I'm in the box. <laughs> oh. yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, there we go. Oh, wait, what was your rating? Uh, so, yeah, no, I'd give it seven. I said seven implausible. Oh, that's right. Yeah, seven implausible snakes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Solid, good solid stuff. B movie. Yeah, solid. If it weren't for the movie. the inventiveness of its, the uniqueness, rather, of its premise, it, it hmm. wouldn't be special in any way, shape, or form, but it, it deserves to be talked for that alone, I think. Yeah, and and um and uh, credit to Ryan Reynolds for um you know for going out there and picking uh, a different movie in his filmography. You know, this is a very different. And film I don't for think him. he would take risks like this again. I don't know about you, but there's a few films if you look in his in his catalog of work that were quite out there and um, were more mm. challenging in a way and less mainstream to use. Uh, you know, for want of a better term. And now that he's Deadpool and he's one of the most bankable movie stars on earth, you look at the films he's making today, and it just seems worlds yeah. away from what he was doing. He was doing back in 2010. Like you have, you have, yeah. um, like now he's doing. You know, he's obviously doing the Deadpool movies, and then he shows up in things like what was that really bad Mike? Six Underground yeah. with Michael Bay. Yeah, or, or the, hit, the was Hitman's he, he was body. in a Pokemon movie. Yeah, the, he was in the Pokemon movie, then like the Hitman's Bodyguard, he was which Pikachu. was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I'm not, not you know, trashing any of his choices. I mean, I did just call a couple of them terrible, but the point <laughs> is, I just don't know if he'd be uh, making a choice like this again now that he's one of the biggest yeah. stars. Yeah. He does, he does so. have a wide array 
uh, of films in his belt, and no one can ever forget Blade Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or come on, Green Lantern. Oh yeah. Well, you see, that's that's what I mean. He's got he's got that versatility, man. He he, he can just do it. He can just do it. Yeah. All right. Great. That's it, guys. End of our first series. On to the next. Yeah. yeah. What would you guys think? Would you guys think of the, the first series? I mean, it was. I mean, going it, rough. Yeah, I was just gonna say for you, Ollie. Um, thank you for for picking this theme. It was what a wonderful theme to start us off. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I I, I think it was certainly quite a random theme or uh, <laughs> or, or, or um yeah theme or genre to start with, but it's certainly not you know intro to film class type subject matter. But it no. was just I just thought it was <laughs> fitting to the to the realities that we're all contending with, and you know. Um, we'll be picking broader topics in the future. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I hope you guys like the theme and I hope you guys watch the movies and w- that we inspired you to watch these movies. Um, mm. But we have a pretty interesting next theme for you guys. I hope you're excited about it. Do you think that, do you think they'll like it guys? I mean, I'd like to, to, to think that they will um, definitely know some of these filmmakers or films that we will introduce in the next theme. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd like to think they'll like it. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's much more likely they'll have seen the majority of our audience will have seen one or two of the films that we're going to be discussing <laughs> in the next series. Less yeah. niche. Less yeah, niche. less niche. Yeah, but we don't want to give too much away before the next episode. So thanks again for listening, guys. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, review, five stars, comment, all that stuff. You know how it goes. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Hey, guys. If you like the show, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on both at The Movie Newbie. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch you soon.